don't be afraid to take influence from other producers. A lot of people like to pretend like they've just completely created their signature sound out of nowhere. Like you got to get it from somewhere, you know, and just take your favorite elements that you really truly identify with from your other rap producers or other genres of music and try to just experiment with putting them together like in a way that feels genuine to you and not forced, you know? Microphone check, one, two, what is this? It's the five foot seven assassin in the podcast business. I am your host, Rohan Patra, the rap music plug at your service. Here we are again. As soon as you hear the iconic Hey Tony tag, you know you're about to hear an absolutely banging beat. With me today is Tony Seltzer, a Brooklyn-based producer who's known for his catchy, ear-grabbing beats that feature hard drums and a booming bass. Tony's catalog casts a wide net, having worked with major label artists, as well as artists on the cutting edge of the indie scene, producing albums with the likes of Wi-Fi God, Gabe Nandez, and most recently, Wiki with 14K Figaro, one of the best albums of this past year. In this episode, Tony gives us insight into the development of his signature sound, the inspiring story surrounding how he made the leap to being a full-time producer as his career, and the making of his great recent collab records in Pangea and 14K Figaro. The Rap Music Plug podcast presented by QLC TV is the remedy to the I don't have anything good to listen to problem. Through in-depth artist interviews, album reviews, and general rap commentary on the best that the underground rap scene has to offer, this is your one-stop shop to knowing what to add to your queue, play next, or pop into your record player. Welcome to the show. Tony Seltzer, how you doing today? I'm great. Fantastic. How about you? I'm fantastic. Man, ever since I spoke to Wiki, I think it was early 2023, he teased this record you have, 14K Figaro. And at the time, I was just so fucking hype. I was so hyped because at the time, like until I literally had that conversation with him, I had no idea this was on the radar. And I was just, just getting into your music like on a very significant degree, just really been like riding that wave since like 2022, really. And yeah, I was just like, this is going to be a perfect combination. But even then, I did not expect it to be this good. So just congrats on a very successful release. And I just think you guys delivered. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah, we definitely worked super hard on it and took our time with it over the span of years, honestly, and kind of kept it low key up until the rollout just to because we knew it would be, you know, impactful. And also we, I, you know, I've been working with Wiki for a long time. So to be able to do our first like collaborative project was really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I want to start with this. You know, you truly have one of the most, I feel most gratifying and recognizable producer tags in the game, period. It's up there with like the absolute, like my favorites. And I did some digging prior to this and read up on the origins of how this came to be. And I found it fascinating because it's not what I expected. Um, usually in my kind of understanding, a lot of times producers kind of just stumble upon a really cool sound that either like says their name or just says something cool. And they're like, ah, that's dope. And I think that's sick, but you actually, from from what I understand, Taylor made this tag yourself. So could you, for those who are unaware, kind of give people a quick explainer on how this came to be? Well, I, at first I came up with the Tony Seltzer alias. I had an alias before this one. So while in the process of coming up with the Tony Seltzer alias, I knew that a tag would be uh, very important for it. I've always liked tags and I just especially wanted Tony Seltzer to have a recognizable tag. But I was looking through Sopranos episodes, looking for like somebody calling out, you know, Tony being the main character. Somebody's got to say something Tony at some point, looking for maybe like specifically a Hey Tony going through episodes, 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 I just couldn't find the right thing. And eventually I gave up and I said, you know what, let me just get my dad to record it. So I just voice memo on my phone, went up to my dad and I was like, can you just scream, hey, Tony? And that's that he just first take did it. And that's the tag. I think I pitched it down like a little bit too. But yeah, man, it's a genius. It's it hits so hard. You you drop it at the perfect time right before the like the the bass hits or something like it's crazy. 
Yeah, I definitely have. I have a couple other tags I use too, but sometimes artists will specifically tell me to put the Hey Tony tag if it's not in the beat already. Do, do you, um, and I mean, we'll get into your like kind of signature sound. That's kind of right, very related. Like when you say you have other tags, are they, are they like sound effects? Um, I do have sound effects that I use. Uh, um, like that bird, is there a bird chirping one? Is that birds chirping? It sounds like kind of like oh, weird, no, manipulated no, birds. Like chirping. a laugh, maybe like a really high laugh. I have this maybe because I recorded myself laughing and like pitched it way up. I have a few different sounds that I use, and definitely in um in 14K, we actually did made the conscious decision to after the tape was done to go do a run through and add sound effects to the whole tape to kind of make it a cohesive to bring everything together. You know. No, I love that because that that's kind of I really noticed it the most on this record, even more so than you know other collab records where you produced front to back. Like, yeah, I don't know if it's like light beams or I thought they were birds chirping, but I think the birds chirping one is the laugh. Yeah, again, it didn't sound proper like that. Laser, the laser blast I used, yeah. some air horns, just just things I've stumbled on upon on the on the on this road that I add to the collection. And and yeah, like talk me through how you kind of develop this signature sound of yours because outside of just those kind of like markers you also just have like a sound as it relates to that the drums and the bass and so just talk to me about how you develop that blueprint yeah so i think definitely i the my focus in beats or i, I guess if i'm collaborating with another producer which i do all the time and in, in 14k i think more than half of the tracks are collabs with other producers i'm almost always the one doing the drums and bass and then sequencing of the beat and um i i before making beats was a drummer and uh specifically i played a lot of like death metal drums mm. into like death metal and the um just the heaviness and the distortion of that metal sound i think i kind of and also other little things just like where the bass is hitting or maybe some like polyrhythmic elements like just kind of some nerdy stuff that i took from the death metal i like to put in use in the drums of a rap beat even if it's a simple beat like i tend to make everything a little distorted even if it's not super noticeable i think the distortion that i use maybe has kind of become a signature sound of mine. And then I use, I have like, honestly, a, just like a few different kick drums that I use if I'm putting a kick on the beat that are you pretty hard hitting. I think those are also recognizable at this point. Yeah, I, exactly. Like, cause I can tell, I feel like I've, I feel the same with a, a producer like Neptunes or Pharrell where mm -hmm. like there's certain kicks or certain drums where I'm like, before you hear, I mean, obviously he has that little, like, I don't know what you call it, but that like, thing where like uh, at the beginning of the beat he like replays it a few times yeah, like four count yeah, yeah, yeah the four count thing other than that like even just past that i'm like oh it's a pharrell beat this is a neptune's beat just because yeah. of that type of kick and with you it's very very similar in the drums and i always challenge rap fans to listen to death metal or black metal because yeah. exactly what you're saying that's what drew me into metal music was just the fucking drums yeah, for sure. Crazy. Yeah. And it's just like really like it excites me uh, with artists like Death's Bell Omega. I'm not like some big, big head necessarily, but I do know some of the the classics out there. And yeah, I totally agree. That's interesting that you have that background. I wasn't aware. Yeah, for sure. I, I always loved hip hop growing up, but once the drumming really brought me into the metal world because just it's so extreme, like literally these drummers are just doing extreme things like it's a, like it's a sport almost so i got really into that and then just getting so used to that sound everything so over distorted and the bass so up front i kind of definitely think that i was able to use that in in the in the beats world you know yeah and you were saying you you mess with like polyrhythmic like in kind of rhythms like that i definitely like that about your music that it it you really play with the drums and the bass like it's a melody almost there's a, a lot yeah. of times a really recognizable fun wavy bounce to it that's really cool and unique appreciate it yeah I, do, I try to you know i'm always struggling with like if i sit down and make a beat alone i'll oftentimes do too much in a sense then i'll play the beat for a rapper and realize huh i put way too much shit on this beat like there's no room to rap on it you know what i mean so i try to find the the good middle ground between a good minimal beat for someone to rap on 
and still adding the things that I consider, you know, true to myself, which is just fun little stuff like that. Let's go dummy beans, with a And, and you know, getting to like how that signature sound is developed, like what advice do you have for other producers out there to find that kind of trademark for them? Um, I guess just, you know, don't, don't be afraid to take influence from other producers. A lot of people like to pretend like they've just completely created their signature sound out of nowhere. Like you gotta cut, you gotta get it from somewhere, you know, and just take your favorite elements that you really truly identify with from your other rap producers or other genres of music and try to just experiment with putting them together, like in a way that feels genuine to you and not forced, you know, but yeah, don't be afraid to be influenced by other producers. You know, like I'm, it's not like I'm the first producer that put a heavy kick drum and bass in my, you know, in my, mm-hmm. like, I'll, the, like Lex Luger specifically, um, the the walk of flock of flame album was a huge turning point for me in my production because i'm hearing those beats and i'm like these sound like metal these sound like breakdowns you know like i could go that's so true like hard in the paint yeah like exactly like those beats are so hard so definitely just i took a lot of influence from his sound and then you know tried to do my own spin on it and then i also love jay dilla and like really soulful like groovy non non quantized beats you know just don't be afraid to take influence from other places um but and also don't just try to do what's current because you're never going to really find your sound if you're just trying to keep up with what everyone else is doing just do what's fun for you you know if you want to take some influence from what is happening right now great you know a lot of rappers like to make keep their beats current you know, strategically, it makes sense to do that, but just have fun with it. I think at the end of the day, that's the biggest advice is have fun with it. Because if you're genuinely having fun with it and experimenting and having fun with your sound, that's how you're going to find your sound. And you can hear that as the listener when someone's really kind of doing what they want to do. It's very yeah. apparent. It's not honestly that hard to to tell. And yeah, I think like a lot of times... A lot of the really great innovation, especially as hip hop continues to age, like obviously I'm sure as I say that there's going to be some like new kind of production style that is like I couldn't even imagine that'll come out in the next five years. But generally, a lot of the great evolution and like innovation comes in the margins. Like it's like, oh, yeah, kick drums, heavy bass, but like doing it a little more differently, tweaking it this way. And that becomes super cool. Like yeah, whole whole waves come with just like minor, intricate tweaks. Mm-hmm. For sure. I mean, even just the concept of no kick drum was mind blowing to me with like the plug beats and, you know, mm-hmm. from Zaytoven to the plug lineage to like down to stupid cool. Who's like making these beats with the tiniest little sounds and the smooth bass with no kicks in it. And it's like almost like the opposite philosophy of where I'm coming from with my beats, where I want the punchiest, hardest drums of all time. Mm-hmm. You're stupid cool making these beats. And I'm like, damn, this is incredible. I'm, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to, take some influence from that and try to see what I can do with it. Now, that being said, I'm not about to just like make beats like he does. No, yeah. no, but just, just, just keep his philosophy in mind where not every beat needs to be punching you in the face necessarily. That being said, I usually do end up making my beats pretty punchy, but mm-hmm. even when I'm trying not to, it just is what it is. Yeah. And you, you definitely got range. And, you know, in, in addition to those banging drums, as we've talked about, I think especially in, recent years i've seen you go to really cool places with your sound um you even also one thing i found out as i was prepping for this like you have a an earth eater remix uh with the, oh, the yeah. track kuchu or blink is it blink or is it kuchu oh, Coo- oh Coo- 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 yeah yeah no i did i remix some earth eater and i remix the cuckoo chloe song yeah but i have i have multiple songs with earth eater i i 
I've only recently heard and gotten into Earth Eater like within the last like literally two months. Yeah, she's a friend. Incredible. Yeah. And we have on uh on her album Trinity, I did the song called Spill the Milk, uh produced by me and my friend Quez. On my Hey Tony project, actually one of the singles is called Joyride, which was me and Earth Eater. Mm -hmm. And my yeah. co-produced that with me. That's that's really interesting. Uh yeah, you, you just really have, have a lot of range. And so like when it comes to building out your beats, I think you kind of touched on it earlier. Like, what does your process usually look like? So I I do, as I said, I love to collaborate with other producers, not because I can't make a whole beat myself. Like, of course I can make a whole beat myself, but honestly, I just enjoy being with people like on a social level. I just like hanging out with my friends and making beats together, you know? So oftentimes a lot of my beats end up being collaborations with friends and they'll usually do the melodic aspect whether it's chopping up a sample and adding some synth to it or like a more synth driven melody and then i'll have them give me the melody in either just as like a two track or as stems and then i'll add my drums on top which i usually start with like the hi-hats claps snares percussion then i'll do like the 808 kind of almost last and then the kick then then decide if i'm going to put a kick or not and then kick like as the final element um and then from there i kind of sequence it out and with the sequences i like to you know keep a kind of hook verse keep that in mind that an artist is probably going to want to do hooks and verses but not necessarily adhere to that depending on the direction of the beat um and if i am doing the beat entirely by myself i usually um either am chopping up a sample and try to get creative with the sample chopping just uh put it in the uh simpler in ableton and run it across the keyboard and have all the different chops um just do fun stuff to it i i mostly end up doing focusing on the drums when it comes to the collaboration so yeah i i wonder like what kind of process do you prefer more because i i think a lot of producers you know especially kind of more indie producers like naturally they're gonna be producing by themselves like most of the time yeah. um but that's an interesting kind of process and something that you definitely see more of in the the more kind of like major label records, mainstream records. Like what are kind of some of the pros and cons that you see to that and what kind of you get well, the most out of? Um, I guess, you know, pros for me of making beats with other people is I just like to be with other people and also just bouncing ideas off each mm -hmm. other, bouncing energy off each other. It's like maybe I will push myself to do something I wouldn't usually do with the drums because I'm with someone else and we're talking about this or we're playing each other music beforehand, you know? And I think the, the advantage of that to me is just, it's fun. Like I'm mm -hmm. doing, this, you know, this is my career, but at the end of the day, I wouldn't be doing this if I wasn't having fun doing it. So I, I like to collaborate with other producers because it's fun for me. Um, when you're talking about the major label world, you're getting more into the world of where there's five, 10 producers on a beat, which is cool too not opposed to that but i think that becomes a little bit more of like a like a, an assembly line you know like yeah. this hi hats guy this is the 808 guy this is the synth guy you know and that that's great too and um the you know everyone just has their own thing and i completely respect producers who just are lock in by themselves and only make beats by themselves mm -hmm. i've had time periods where i've felt like that um but you know, recently I haven't been as much. I'll come to the studio alone to try to make beats alone. And I'll be like, huh, it's just like almost hard to focus sometimes, you know, like having someone else helps me lock in and get stuff done. That's interesting. Yeah. I think um, when you talk about some of the, the more major label world, like you've had a really interesting kind of career path. You've worked really with some, you know, some A-list kind of mainstream names like, like Freddie Gibbs, uh, Rick Ross, you made a track with him. I know that. And then obviously you've been working with like some of the most up and coming cutting edge rec uh, rappers in the indie scene as well. And I feel like you've overall just really navigated your career in a really interesting way. Previously under the moniker Young Gutted and now Tony Seltzer. And as we talked about, you got that really distinct sound. Um, and I think you're a really great collaborator with other MCs. And, you know, as a, just as an observer of your music, it really seemed like you're your career took a really strong turn for the best or for the better around like 2017, 2018, both from a, like a recognition perspective and from like an artistic perspective. And something that you 
kind of made a really nice post about on Instagram recently was highlighting one of the obvious turning points for you was your relationship with Wiki. Yeah. And, you know, you shared a, you know, this, this story about how Wiki really changed your life for lack of a better word, world, a word showing great faith in you and all that in your sound. And this particular pivotal moment I found super fascinating about was when you, you remarked how Wiki was working on no mountains in Manhattan. So this was about 20, this is like 2015, 2014 time when that record dropped. I literally don't remember my, think, my time has got this. <laughs> I think it's mid 20, 2010s. Cause I think Ufi was 2017 and that was after. That sounds right. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll go with mid 2010s. It's yeah. not that important, honestly. Um, but yeah, you were at this time, we're still working like an office job. And one of that became a real roadblock because the, the studio was booked with Excel during office hours. Yep. So it forced you to really take a leap, leave your job and pursue music full time. I found this so inspiring and fascinating. So from really two, two kind of angles, but starting with the wiki element of it, what's kind of the key thing you've learned from wiki as it relates to how you carry yourself as an artist and make moves? I think Wiki just does a great job of staying true to himself and to his art and, you know, showing love to up and comers as well, you know, and maintaining the importance of that the New York City community. Like, you know, like we're we're both born and raised in New York City. So we came up in the scene and then to watch the younger kids start to come up and be able to give them a platform or put them on a show or do a feature or like for me, you know, produce for them like that, the importance of that, he definitely has shown that to me because there's of, of course, chasing the major label artists, chasing placements, chasing the money in that way. That's one route to take, of course. And I respect everyone who's doing that, but uh, just maintaining that, you know, the, the trueness to the, what we came up in. And, and keeping trying to keep that moving definitely has been inspirational to watch him to this day, you know, do continue to do that. Yeah, no, I totally see that even just uh, having the opportunity to have him on the show. And even prior to that, I saw one of his concerts that he had in Toronto here in, in like March of last year. And just being able to talk to him and seeing how he interacted with his fans. We were just literally outside the show for like almost 30 40 minutes he was just talking to everybody uh kai solo was there too iblis was there and yeah it was just it was really i didn't i didn't know what to expect i hadn't met him in person before and just seeing that that level of humanity and like yeah feel relatability and like oh he's just he's just a guy who loves music we're talking you know, about I, know, music. I know for rappers there's some aspect that you gotta it, it's a competitive thing so everyone mm. has to have their little ego but definitely he doesn't he's a humble guy you know he talks to his fans he's not you know yeah and that's definitely inspirational to to be, be able to be around that and and so the other angle of this that i mentioned i was really fascinated by was that aspect of you taking this risk to becoming a right. full-time artist mm -hmm. could you elaborate on like what was going through your mind and at that time and like what ultimately pushed you to make that pivot well so at the at the time i was working um at for a construction company i had previously been doing um just labor work for them like for a renovation company um while i was in college so i went to suny purchase for um production for music production um and engineering and in the summers i would work for this renovation company so when i graduated uh they offered me a job to work in their office just as like kind of like office assistant but they okay. liked me and i think if i had stayed with them i would have been able to you know work up a path to really being able being in that world but at the same time i recognize you know i i went to college for this thing i actually wasn't i didn't even plan on necessarily going to college i only applied to one college which was suny purchase because i knew of their uh production program mm -hmm. and i was like if i get into that i'll do it and if i don't then i'm not going to go to college so I was committed to the music. I knew that, but also I needed to make money, obviously, and be an adult. So I was working the office job, but I would be leaving the office job, going to work, uh, going to make music after, you know, with, with either my friends, Nocturnal, you know, Vinny Fanna, and, or going to my boy A. Lau's studio off record, mm -hmm. working with him, um, or working with Wiki. But 
once Wiki really locked in and had that project coming with Excel, I was like, you know, I either can't really work on that project with him because I, I will be in the office or I can just make this leap and do it. And um, I just was able to have, I had saved up some money and was like, you know what, I have this little cushion for myself. So let me just do this, you know, and I did it. And, uh, you know, it wasn't always easy, like not having a job. Obviously I had to figure out ways to make money, sell beats, do whatever I had to do. But um, it obviously worked out for the best. And the, even, you know, I would go work with Wiki in, in the daytimes at Excel, which was on Crosby Street, and then walk straight up Crosby Street to Off Record that was also on Crosby Street and lock in with A. Lau. And that's where a lot of those, uh, a lot of the major label stuff came from mm -hmm. working with him because he's so good at navigating that world and just such an incredible producer. So just being able to have all this collaboration and be downtown and, you know, it was really a good moment in time where I was really, I was in the studio like almost 24 seven, you know, like between XL off record, working with Vinny, just moving around, always music, music, music. So I think that I dived in knowing that I had to go a hundred percent, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't slack if I was going to do that. I had to give it my all. Yeah. That's, that's so inspiring, man. Cause I, I mean, just being able to work, full time as an artist and sustain yourself is like you're already in the top whatever percentile of human beings like to ever exist it's 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 amazing and on top of that you're making music that's true to yourself you're not just like chasing a bag you know yeah, yeah. so that, that's amazing too. you know like I, I respect it too i don't want to talk down on artists who are out here just trying to get the biggest placements and uh you know there there is money out there you know if, if you want to chase that and that's your world and I'm I'm into that as well. Like I I love getting major label placements, of course, but um, I just also love doing what I love doing, and I like working with underground artists too. You know. Yeah, and I mean to be clear, like I also really love mainstream music, and I I guess going back to something you said earlier, you can kind of tell when an artist is just doing something for a purpose that isn't like I really like making this music. There's the yeah. kind of music you know, and because yeah, there's there's a lot of mainstream sounds producers rappers that i'm like super in love with but then there's some where you can tell like you don't you're just doing this because you like enjoy the lifestyle which is i'm not like i'm not hating other than like that's not for me like i don't i'm not interested in investing my time and getting to know you and your music really that's what it comes down to but you know it's money it's people gotta survive i'm not hating i love that. a lot i love mainstream music too don't get me yeah. wrong i love mm -hmm. drinking you know? like i i love it all but I just find myself naturally kind of fitting in in this world of more underground things. And, you know, my ideally, I would love to see a lot of the underground artists I work with be, be get, elevated. Yeah. You know, that would be a great route instead of trying to chase down people who I don't already know because they're signed, you know? Yeah. And I mean, I think you're in a really good place right now because I'm really seeing some interesting music come out of New York in that indie scene because it's really kind of branching off into like many different directions. You got like that, the drill kind of hard drums type sound. And then you got like the really abstract, strange experimental stuff too. And it's, I feel like all really kind of flourishing in the recent like few years and you've been at the center of a lot of it. So uh, I think there's a lot of potential for people to kind of reach that next level of, you know, success. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Definitely. and and yeah speaking of the kind of the other artists you've worked with you got the likes of you know just in recent years wi-fi god gabe nandez and then freddie gibbs pink sifu most recently wiki and while they're all talented they're talented in very different ways so like what do you feel is like the common thread as far as it relates to like 
the types of artists you like to collaborate with and feel like you make the best music with? Well, I think a lot of time it's just who's I like a lot of different kinds of music, a lot of different kinds of rap, you know, um, and I think that a lot of time it's fun to link up with an artist, see if we have a, a connection on a personal level. And then once that's there, like, see if we can make music together, you know, and see how I can push their sound and how they can push my sound. And, um, you know, like, yeah, just, just trying out new things with people. And, you know, a lot of Freddie, I've never met Freddie Gibbs. You mentioned him a couple of times. I, that was Kenny Beats. So a lot of these more uh, bigger placements I have will be through Kenny Beats or A-Low or yeah. Harry um, just doing co-production stuff with them, um, which obviously helps me out so much. But I feel like my world that I navigate tends to be more of the underground guys, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I just like to take an artist's sound and see how I can add to it and see what we can do to make something new, you know. Yeah. And personally, like with your instrumentals, I'm like, obviously, they're on the kind of generally louder aggressive side but i feel like the loudness or aggression in your beats is like always mostly in the form of like these cavernous big big kicks big 808s big bass lines those rhythmic grooves you mentioned um that i feel it needs an mc or sounds best with an mc that has a certain presence and can like work with this kind of space that you create or this groove you create and that's done in like the form of in people with like really distinct voices like Wiki, Gabe Nandez, a Pink Sifu, or these ridiculously dynamic vocalists like a Wi-Fi God or Key who yeah. kind of like use their vocals as instruments. I think it's just really fascinating to see how they all kind of work with your sound. Yeah, and I definitely, you know, to some degree cater to the artist I'm working with um, just because I want to get them on something they're comfortable rapping on. But once we get a little more locked in, then I'll try to push their sound a bit you know um like for instance with key he we got to a point where while working on that album uh alpha jerky would come in the studio say pull up a beat don't even play it for me just pull it up and i'm gonna go in the booth and rap on it like we got to that level of trust where i i could just literally pull up any beat whatever i liked you know and he would go in and make a song and it would end up being freaking amazing you know no that's awesome yeah like i feel like you're you're getting to the point with me as like a producer where even if I'm not really that familiar with the artist, if you lock in with them on like a project, I'm going to hundred percent go into it with no. open ears, but also like expect it'll be good. Like uh, you're one of the main reasons why I really have started to just like fall in love with Wi-Fi God's music. Cause I've heard of him for years, would always listen and be like, Oh, this is cool. But nothing really pulled me in to do the full deep dive until last year. And ah, it is like uh, learn something, man. I've been playing that song at the gym recently. Oh, we got so a new good. project on the way. Oh, yeah. We've been working on it for a while and very excited about it. It's not done yet, but we're we're getting there. Nice. Nice. And, you know, speaking of kind of recent projects of yours, um, before getting into this latest record with Wiki, I wanted to rewind just slightly to earlier in last year where you dropped Pangea with Gabe Nandez. Mm -hmm. Now, first start with like, how did your relationship with Gabe first uh, first come to be? So I've known Gabe for a long time, actually. Um, I met him through uh, a mutual at SUNY Purchase that I went to when I was under the Young Gutted alias. And uh, he was actually on, shout out to Envy, that's our mutual. Um, he was on one of my Young Gutted projects. I don't even think I had met him in person yet. I think he may have just sent the verse over if i recall correctly um but yeah the, the young gutted projects that i did were more like kind of instrumental tapes that i would put out they would have like a song or two with a feature with a mm -hmm. rap um and then he was living in montreal at the time and i ended up getting hit up to play a couple shows up there uh as young gutted so i went up there he let me crash at his place both times i went up there it was just all love super nice guy incredible rapper obviously and then after that i changed to tony seltzer he moved to the city and more recently um we locked in and yeah did pangea and obviously he went crazy with the bars and he also likes a specific type of beat for me that not everyone 
uh, will gravitate towards. It kind of has this kind of bounce that like you might recognize. It's just a more like uh, kind of like a more New York tempo, almost like 100 BPM, 90 to 100 BPM. So like it's a little slower? Slower or faster, depending on how you look at it. But it's right. Just more dancey in a way. And uh, it's something I could just consider like a little more of like a New York tempo. Um, so, yeah, it was awesome to hear him go crazy on those. How does a track like Context fit into what you just said? Is uh, that like kind of the more slower version of what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. It depends how you're looking at the at the bounce, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, but Yeah, because that one's like, that's probably my favorite beat on the whole thing. That or uh, uh, the track with the, uh, is it Trust? Dwen, 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 Dwendita? Yeah, yeah. Now so those are incredible both very different but just yeah the game is obviously super versatile also like he can get on a bunch of different type of sounds like going from my project to other projects of his like he can hop around to you know and really come crazy on different production yeah and, and so it really sounds like the way you kind of because you're you make a lot of collaborative albums you don't you're not the type to often just rely on sending beats a little bit here and there like you really appreciate that is uh it seems like you're the main kind of thing that drives you to to lock in with someone is is that personal relationship and an acknowledgement of their skill yeah yeah exactly i just want to keep it natural you know keep things for the most part it just feels better to me if it feels like a natural connection enjoying the music and creating the music as well yeah and gabe again has that kind of that voice and that ability to like i mean because even for previous to this record like he's he's worked with sounds i would say record in the same like realm as your beats and he just really is versatile i think that's the perfect word because he could rap on like like the argov uh produced album is a lot more kind of like boom bap style he sounds great there but he also fucking slays your your shit too Thanks. Okay, I want to get into 14K Figaro now. So, great album. And in an excellent interview that uh, Wiki did actually with Passion Weiss last year, he described a bit about like how you and you and Wiki sat on this album for a year where and where at this point his mind was at, he was saying, as he put it, a certain he was in a certain integral point of time in his life where he was really reflecting on his past where you can hear that there's moments where I'm seeing the light. That's how he put it. And I can imagine from your perspective, it must have felt special being able to craft an album that was so near and dear to someone's growth as like a literal human being, as he's he was saying. And it's abundant off that first listen that Wiki was really opening up on this record, getting really personal. And this this brings me to a, a patron question out uh, right now. Shout out to Dan O, Free Music Empire. He asks, and I'm paraphrasing because he sent this as a very long voice note, but he basically was saying that you make beats that could theoretically sound perfect for a group like the Locks, like mm -hmm. you, but yet you routinely have artists like like a Wiki just bare their souls, where mm -hmm. they hear one of your beats and instead of going, you know, this is a banger, let's make a banger, yeah. instead go and now this part is verbatim from from Dano. He says, instead of going, this is a banger, this is a banger, they go. Uh, I was wounded once. Let me explain. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so, you know, what he's wondering, what I'm definitely wondering as well is like applying this to 14K Figaro, how do you feel your beats and your relationship with Wiki allowed him to get so vulnerable uh, on this record? Um, well, I think that, you know, obviously we wanted to kind of, I think we wanted to create that in-between world where it's, you recognize this as a banger because of the beat. If you're not really listening to the lyrics, you can bop along to it because it's fun. But he is bearing his soul. He's talking about, you know, revenge. He's letting anger out. He's letting out, you know, sadness and just thinking, you know, just thinking back on things. And like, it's a very reflective album, obviously, you know. And I think, I don't know, I think it's just was... He, it was up to him to make the choice what he wanted to do on the beats, you know? And I think that in a sense, he did what was true to him, which is just how he was feeling. And he really wanted to write these fucking bars and let them out and let out what he had to say. And he just happened to be doing it on my beats, you know, because we're close and we're comfortable in the studio together. And, you know, my beats are hard, 
And if you, he, he's got to say what he's got to say, but it's just going to be on top of my production, you know? Yeah. I mean, I was really impressed with just how, like how specific he was getting with some of his reflection too. Like, you know, a lot of times, sometimes in rap, people can kind of just, I feel like paint by numbers when they talk about certain traumas or certain things in the past. Like he was very specific and detailed, not only about like personally, some stuff with his career and yeah. decisions he made that he regrets or is very happy he made. And yeah, I felt like I, I learned a lot about Wiki as a person through 14K yeah. Figaro. Yeah, as you said, at the same time, I was just like bopping my head incessantly the whole time as well because this shit was banging. And, uh, you know, I wonder also on the flip side with you, what did the creation of this album mean to you? Like both from like an artistic perspective and just on a personal level being able to accomplish this? Well, definitely just was just amazing to like lock in with Wick like that because we've been homies for so long and you know made music together for he, he, he had songs with young gutted you know before i was even tony seltzer but to be able to give him a platform to do such a personal piece just meant a lot to me you know and um also i just got some fire beats off too <laughs> like i of the song uh with remy banks um i think initially i don't think he thought that it fit uh within the world of the album but I was like, nah, that's one of my favorite beats on there. Like, you got to put that on. You know what I mean? Like, just because I specifically wanted to make sure I got some production off that I felt was, you know, like forward thinking and just cool beats, you know? So I thought, I think we were both kind of pushing our limit, him with his bars and me with the production of like taking it to the next level. And then once even all the songs were selected and we had the track order, we were like, how do we take this? To the next level we added like the skits and the transitions and the sound effects we just really wanted to make it a concise a, a world you know like i feel like 14k is like really its own own world and it's like very personal but it's also very fun to listen to and you know it's it can be intense but it, you know it's it's definitely just very true to both of us yeah yeah no and i think you definitely really got some some production off uh, i have to highlight fried ice cream because yeah, like yeah. what the fuck ice like that yeah. when i think of when i think of things in hip-hop that rarely work and music rarely work is like flipping the one of the most recognizable samples ever and yet still making it good like that rarely happens like i'm thinking i don't want to say name names but there's been a trend in like really mainstream music these days of yeah. just flipping these classic samples yeah. and they're I think that's what we awful. were we were kind of referencing that too almost as a joke just, <laughs> you know at, at a time in my career I would have not touched a certain sample because it's too recognizable you know like on some producer shit like oh no everyone knows that sample yeah. I can't. and with I can't I think kind of like the sample drill really brought out this world of like you can sample whatever the fuck you want you don't even need to do anything to it. Just put drill drums on top of it and it's okay. And that shit is hard. It's so cool. Like I'm super into that. So I think just that just opened me up to like, fuck it, we can sample whatever we want. So we did that, you know? It yeah. Just, it's fully just went for it. Like everyone's going to know what this is. So it's fun. I mean, you, you chopped that up in a way that was still like, like just a whole entire different experience in the way that, wiki and z loopers were, were flowing on that was like yeah. just unbelievable yeah that was definitely a fun one to make for sure yeah and and in the same interview i previously referenced wiki kind of talked about you just mentioned it like you really honed in on each detail like where writing occurred more thinking more writing you piecing together each beat carefully mm -hmm. talk to me more about this like clearly diligent creative process that went into making this and and specifically the sound like uh, what was the vision for what you and wiki wanted this sound to be like i think at first we just were making songs he would come to the studio i'd play beats he'd pick one he liked he'd write we'd make a song then after we started to stack songs up i think the vision started to come together um and then that's when we kind of honed in for like the rest of the creation of the songs to like complete the world especially for him uh in in his lyrical sense to make sure he could say everything he wanted to say make sure he had this song about this and this song about that that touched on everything and then for me for my production too like if we were leaning toward a certain type of beat 
for a few songs in a row, I would make sure for the next one to play a completely different type of beat so I could have beats that were kind of, you know, all over the place in that sense. Um, yeah, and then I think once we really started choosing the songs that were definitely going to go on it, so we could figure out what else we needed, you know, what we were missing. And um, then e even once we had all the tracks together, we, I went and I would just chop up samples and make a quick like sample flip beat and he would write a quick verse and throw it at the end of a song. You know, there's a few songs that have just like a little, little other song at the end mm -hmm. of it, you know, just to really meld the whole world together, you know? Yeah, there's definitely a lot of diversity. And you mentioned it, there's a lot of interesting sample choices. There's even some kind of softer elements at times that I like lily pad that I found just incredible. Mm -hmm. And then there's a ton of beat switches or these little epilogue tracks. That's very kind of like yeah. Pete Rock-esque in a way. What is it about like Wiki's rap style and kind of push you to do, to make beats in this way where there's all these kind of transitions that are very frequent? Um, I think that he had a lot of bars that he wanted to get off and all, me as a producer, almost like in a self-conscious way, like once we're getting into minute three, minute four of me hearing my beat over and over again for that long, I would be like, I want to, I want to make a switch because people are going to be honed in on your lyrics and that's amazing. But I want to make sure that the production is also moving in the background too, you know, the, because he can obviously come and bar out on a, on a sample loop beat. And that's amazing. But I just wanted to, as a producer for myself, for this project, push it to the limit where there's going to be changes. The beat's going to maybe switch entirely or just like morph a bit or the drums are going to change or the sample is going to change, you know, just to keep it, keep the production interesting, you know, because I yeah. do like, Wi-Fi God, for instance, will make a song and it'll be a minute long. You know, there's not a lot of space for me to do beat changes necessarily in there. So I'll just make the beat, he'll rap on it. It's a minute perfect but once we get into these longer amounts of time i feel like i need to make the beat go other places yeah i feel like you when you when you mention like all these additional sound effects and all that stuff to make it a real your your own world i really feel that because i feel like all these kind of transitions like on the first listen i was just like damn this is the same song like i had those thoughts a lot but then after that it was just so second nature that I was like, oh, this is just like how this album is. Like, I just, ex I just kind of fully like gave into it, all the kind of wackiness oh. of it. And uh, it chaotic at times. Like, yeah, so exactly. Whoa. And I think we just really wanted to embrace that, like the kind of the, the, that chaos, you know? And yet though, the, the sound effects, those kind of make it all the skits as well. They kind of make it all fit. And then Wiki also, I was really impressed too with just like given how many bars, how personal he's getting, he tends to like very much reference similar themes or ideas or even kind of like lyrical ideas or references multiple times throughout the whole album. So it just really gives it that cohesion for sure. Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, I think your beats just like the grooves in them gave him such an, a, like an opportunity to show off like, he's like very malleable flow and it allowed you to just fucking showcase such a dynamic performance as a producer. Like this is truly the, one of the absolute best produced albums of the year, like hands fucking down. Appreciate it. Okay. So before we wrap up, like what you kind of touched on it with the Wi-Fi God mentioned, which is sick. What's some upcoming music, you know, other merch or tour dates you want to, you want to shout out to anybody. Well, I don't have any tour dates as of yet, but I actually am considering getting back more into the DJing world, which I kind of took some time off from because of COVID and I had kids and uh, just, uh, yeah, I took a little time off from DJing, but I'm, I think I'm going to lean more into that in the mm -hmm. coming year. Um, I've got a project with Trip Jones that we're rolling out right now. Yes. Flame Volume 2 that I'm super excited about. We actually put it together really fast. We work really quickly together and um, that's coming out right now always working with my boy Vinny Fana. We got new stuff in the works. What else have I got? I've got something that I can't announce it yet, but super excited about it. Another collab situation with an artist that's coming out, I think pretty soon, but um, very excited about that. And then, yeah, just like locking, locking in with new artists. I see a lot for this coming year. Uh, we have a good flow going in the studio right now, very communal vibe. 
people coming through and just cooking up and a lot of great things happening. Yeah, Trip Jones is another one that I I got hip to through your album. I think it was like the one you dropped in 2022 uh, with them. I really like that one. Yeah, we've been actually we've been working forever. Like Trip from uh, we, he I would be in his bedroom with one. He had one KRK speaker. I would make a beat and he would rap on it, go in his closet and rap. We would smoke 40 blunts and, but, you know, we've been working forever. So it just felt right to like lock in again and just make something fucking sick. So I'm, I'm really excited about that. Yeah. Well, uh, really appreciate you coming on the show, man. I, um, I'm such a huge fan and I'm just so excited to see where you go from here. 14 K Figaro. Like it's just personally, it's just really like, I feel almost proud weirdly like when I see artists that are just doing things the right way and then have that kind of collab in heaven type opportunity and it just like delivers and then some like that's just it makes me feel good it's inspiring and yeah I'm just really really happy and excited to see where you take your career from here because uh the beats are getting better the albums are getting better everything's kind of on the up and up so really excited to see what you do thank you yeah sure it's going to be an exciting year I'm, I'm 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 excited for it all right, well, I'll leave you there. Hope you have a good rest of the day. Peace. Take it easy. Just a frog out of water. The tadpole when I was brought up. From the bottom of the waters. Didn't just grow, I was altered. Tab bit stronger, not taller Just a tab, but a lot smarter Wander to the top of the pond yonder Now I sit at the top of lily pad and I ponder Just a frog out of water A tadpole when I was brought up From the bottom of the waters Didn't just grow, I was altered I go with tab bit stronger, not taller Just a tab, but a lot smarter so there we have it another episode of the rap music plug podcast presented by qlc tv i hope this episode gave you some new perspectives and insights into what the greatest art form known to man in hip-hop music has to offer if you want to support the show in the most meaningful way possible it would be my absolute honor to have you as a patron in the new Rap Music Plug podcast Patreon. Through this Patreon, you will be getting exclusive content such as bonus episodes, exclusive album recommendations, exclusive playlists, early access to episodes, and more. And above all though, you will be able to support the show directly in a way that will not only justify the crazy amount of time I spend on this show already, but allow me to cover some of the expenses related to supporting all of these great artists that we cover on the show through the website and will allow us to sustain and build on this amazing growth that the RMPP has experienced recently. So if you have any questions about any of the Patreon stuff or just want to keep tabs on the show, interact with me on rap music and all the great stuff that we can talk about, follow me on Twitter and Instagram at rapmusicplugpod or shoot me an email at qlctv.podcast at gmail.com. You can also rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts and subscribe on YouTube and Spotify as well. But that's enough self-promotion for this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Peace. Peace.